in Internet Radio Land. This is Blake Ruby, the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to the Church of the Soul's Evolution, where I talk about all kinds of subjects which are spiritual in nature, you could say. And I don't pull any punches. It's the truth. That's what I'm looking for. The truth. And you know, when you, when I compare my subjects that I discuss with what's going on elsewhere. Not to say that this is widespread throughout the world, but on television and in the past, there's been a lot of interest in violence, you know, violence on television, in the movies, fantasy violence, you know. And we've had a history of warfare, too. I wonder if you suppose that their rationale might be if they have it on television, it might make the real stuff go away. I somehow don't go for that idea. How about you? But anyway, all the violence on TV nowadays, there's a lot of confusion. And reminds me, it does remind me of a song back in the 1980s by a group called Genesis called Land of Confusion. And the lyrics of the song, that was way back, how many years ago? 30 years ago. Check out the video. It's kind of funny, but it's serious at the same time. We entrust our leadership with our survival. But, and we're all in this together. I know we're all co-creator gods in the making. You know, Jesus said we're gods. And that we are, you know, living this life. We're born into this planet. We're going to die. We're going to go to the spirit world, hang out there for a while, and be reincarnated again, probably, on another planet somewhere in another solar system, either in this galaxy or another galaxy. Anyway, that song goes, don't you know this is a land of confusion? There's too many people making too many problems. Case in point, the politics here in the United States, the divisiveness between the Republicans and Democrats. Just before my show started, I got a text message from some Democrats supporting Beto O'Rourke for governor coming up in this election, I think around the 1st of March. And... So it was a pretty close battleground, so to speak. I use the word battle. And in the election last year, and the year before, you know, when Mr. Trump was dethroned, if you know what I mean. Anyway, what I talk about is spirituality. The kind of stuff that spirits living in the material world we can use and develop ourselves and evolve our souls hello or would you prefer to watch a violent movie or would you prefer that we get into another war maybe that's not a good example but I'm saying that you get that negativity and then what I talk about what I give you is positivity spirituality is positive in nature. What I talk about, I don't think there's too much 
that's negative about it. Does anybody, I wonder if anyone would disagree with that. Or do you care? Some people, it just all depends on your soul's evolution. And are you a young soul? Are you an advanced soul? Somewhere in between. I was in a speech contest today. And I've been a Toastmaster trying to improve my public speaking now for over 14 years. And always a struggle to try and put it all together and say what you've got to say, do all the appropriate gestures, have your vocal variety, you know, raising your voice, lowering your voice, speeding up. And it all has to be put together. And I've been working on it. Once a week, we have a one-hour club that I attend. For years, I've been doing that. And today, I did a great speech, in my opinion. And from my experience, I can say that I have a valued opinion because I've seen it all over the years. And I did a wonderful job today. But... I was disqualified. You know why? Because when I was talking about the Hudson Valley UFO, that was the subject of my speech. It was a five to seven minute speech. And that's one thing also about Toastmasters, which is I find not really comfortable when you try to fit everything that you want to talk about into a five to seven minute speech as compared to a one-hour radio show like I have, which is great, you know. If you don't have one, you should get with BBS Radio and have your own show because you can talk about whatever comes to mind. You know, write your points down and, and just talk and talk. Five to seven minutes in a speech. And the contest nowadays, I mean, they're all virtual. So you lose that being in person kind of pressure where you're looking at people and it's not as easy if you know what I mean. But you know what I was disqualified for in my speech? And I think I've given it over the last two radio shows because I've been practicing. I mentioned that there were 4,900 planets they've discovered out there and in 3,600 solar systems. Well, I've read the rule book before, but I guess I just didn't realize it. No one told me in my club about it that when you cite statistics, quotations, it has to, if it's not original material, which that isn't, then you have to cite the source, in which case it would have been Wikipedia. I should have said, according to Wikipedia, there are 4,900 planets out there in 3,600 solar systems. And that was probably about one thousandth of my speech. But for that, they disqualified me. And my good speech was all for naught. But it was good practice. I can't complain because I can say the judges who 
disqualified me were just doing their job. And I should have known better. I should have read the rule book in more detail, even though I, I'd read it before and no one actually told me about citing the source. I knew that the content had to be 75% original, 25% non-original. I knew that, but I didn't know about citing the sources. And then they also said, because I'd mentioned to boldly go where no man has gone before and space is the final frontier, because I said that I should have cited Star Trek as my source. And I said, don't be ridiculous. What if I'd never seen Star Trek before? I could say something like that, and it's perfectly logical without saying that it belonged to Star Trek. I said, with all due respect, that's ridiculous. So they dropped that, I think. But I couldn't argue my way out of the other allegation of using 4,900 planets they discovered in 3,600 solar systems. Sometimes it seems, and, you know, I, I understand, I can rationalize this. They were just doing their job. And they were going by the rule book. But sometimes it seems like what I talk about, and I won't discontinue, I will continue to talk about those kinds of subjects. It, just, it goes over their heads, really. And I think it's because they're young souls, but we're all in this together, I realize. I think about Jesus, who was an extremely advanced soul when he came here to earth. He died on the cross. He was brought back to life. And he ascended into heaven. But when he was resurrected, and in that 40-day period, he was eating breakfast with his disciples on the beach. And they were eating fish and bread. And Jesus turned to Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus then asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Peter looked around and said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. There was a pause. And then Jesus said one more time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter got emotional, you know, because Jesus had asked him three times, if he loved him. And Peter broke down and started crying. And he said, Lord, you know everything. And you know I love you. And then Jesus said, look after my sheep. When you were young, you used to go everywhere you wanted to. But when you're old, they will lock you up to keep you in a place where you won't be able to leave. And he was talking about later on, after Jesus had gone, he would be persecuted for trying to spread the gospel and teachings of Jesus. And he was locked up in a prison in chains. And he died that way, persecuted to the max. But anyway, it reminds me 
of looking after the sheep because, yes, some are older souls and not others, you know, by benefit of having lived more lives, past lives. And I can tell, like, I go to these contests and people pick, like, subjects which are just intellectually not stimulating at all, if you know what I mean. People were kind of afraid to talk about subjects that I talk about, whether it's about UFOs and extraterrestrials and life out there in the universe or near-death experiences, traveling down a tunnel, meeting God, being in heaven. People don't want to touch that. The majority of people... I think here on Earth, which is a lower evolutionary planet in the universe, on a scale of one to nine, Earth is a category one, whereas there are some planets in our Milky Way galaxy which are more highly evolved. When you get to a number nine on the evolutionary ladder, you're talking about a world that is so beautiful. It's almost like there's gold dust in the atmosphere and everything is brighter and the colors are several times more intense than here on Earth and the air is like perfume and there's no pollution anywhere and the, the beings that live there are advanced souls and they don't eat animals and the animals don't eat each other. The water is pristine. Everyone loves each other compared to planet Earth. I don't need to tell you about planet Earth in comparison, right? You can get the picture. Some of the other speeches today, I was like, wow. Well, it's all about them kind of acting, you know, when it comes down to it. That's all they're really doing. You're looking at the person, you know, accepting the person for who they are, but some of the material, in my opinion, that they use was have no value to me. Give me something that I can learn from, grow from, you know. There were some stabs, in all fairness, that I heard them talk about God, the universe. Very little of that, though. People are afraid of being ostracized, persecuted, you know. And so it goes on and on. Very, very little progress. There's a resistance to evolution, I've noticed. A resistance. It really is. It's hard to develop your soul here on Earth. And I'm very fortunate to be in the... Hold on, please. The dog has just come in. I had to close the door behind the dog. She just came in. So I was just watching the television there. People were one of these younger Disney shows, you know, and they're very amazing, talented actors and actresses, these young boys and girls. All of them on this Disney channel, they're just fantastic. And dancers, incredible superstars, you know. I love them. 
I love watching them sometimes, but I guess for myself, you know, being almost 68 years old now, and considering what I went through in my life and my mother helping me to get on that path of spirituality, I sought answers all along the way throughout the years. They say, seek and you shall find. Knock on the door and it shall be opened to you. Well, it has. All my questions have been answered. There's very little now that I don't know about in regard to the ETs that are out there in heaven. Using a part of my speech this morning, which I've done before, I said, consider all the life here on Earth. The over 1 million types of insects, the over 30,000 types of fish in the oceans, rivers, seas, and lakes, the over 10,000 types of birds, over 10,000 types of reptiles. (laughs) Big numbers, right? Over 5,000 types of mammals, 9,000 types of amphibians. And the plant life, and consider the plant life. All the thousands of different types of trees, flowers, and other vegetation. If all that happened by accident, logically it could happen by accident on any one of those 4,900 planets that they've discovered. And are you kidding me? That's like not even the tip of the iceberg in regard to all the planets are out there. Does that pique anybody's interest? Would you like to explore to boldly go where no man has gone before like Columbus did back in those days? Don't you have that explorer spirit in you? Most people do, you know. Don't you want to go to a brand new solar system and see a planet other than the planets in our solar system and maybe take a look at the life on that planet? Just imagine we... We have just, we're just learning, my friends. But here on this planet, it's a very special learning environment where we learn basic social values. You know, it's kind of geared towards that way. It, it, it is a tremendous pressure on our spirits and souls, if you will. We're living on a planet which can kill us in a thousand different ways, besides on the freeways. There's lightning that can kill you. There's earthquakes. There's volcanoes exploding. There's tsunamis. There is nature, you know, animals. We're not at the top of the food chain on land and in the sea, not to mention all the poisonous snakes and spiders out there. So, and then there's the atmosphere, which is constantly sucking and blowing, you know, the barometers rising and falling, and storms are formed. You know what I'm talking about. That affects us sleeping at night. And when the barometer rises or falls, it affects our sleep. At least in my opinion, it does. So you know what I mean? This is a pretty, I wouldn't call it a violent planet, but I'm sure there are other planets elsewhere which are not as 
violent, I guess, or aggressive. Still, I'm grateful. It's a beautiful world, no doubt, you know. It's a creation. It is a living being, a cosmic being, Mother Earth, Mother Gaia. Have you heard that word, Gaia? It is a being in its own right. It's alive from its inner core to the plant life on its surface, the animal life. And when an animal dies, it kind of goes into the the spirit of the planet, if you will. And then is I'm not quite sure about that because I know some animals like dogs and cats and horses and lions and other animals go to heaven and you'll see them in the spirit world. Same thing, heaven spirit world. But like basic some of that other life, the insect um, reptiles, birds. I think the birds do go to heaven too. They're, when they pass away, their spirit, the little spirits are incorporated into the, the gigantic spirit that forms Mother Earth, if you will, for lack of a better way of describing it. So I am disappointed about the speech today, but I didn't know better. Now I know I won't let it get me down, though. You know, there's always next year. And it seems like a minor thing. What if I had just said one statistic, you know, like during my whole speech, which wound up to be seven minutes, almost seven minutes exactly. What if I had just said, well, there's, they discovered 4,900 planets. Well, they could have disqualified me that if I hadn't cited the source, you know. They wanted me to say, well, Wikipedia says, there are 4,900 planets that they discovered. Okay, that 4,900, out of all the words I spoke during my speech, because of that, it would have disqualified me anyway. Doesn't that sound a little bit ridiculous to anybody? I mean, that's the rule in the rule book, but rules are meant to be broken, right? Just like laws are. They're being changed all the time. Throughout the year, they change these laws. Now, the 25% 75% rule as far as originality is concerned, you know, where the speech has to be 75% original, I can understand. Kind of, although I, I disagree with that too. I think if somebody wants to give a speech about anything and use whatever references they want to, it's okay with me. But it's not okay with Toastmasters. Okay, well, it's your show. I participate. You told me I did wrong. You disqualified me. That's okay. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. There was about 50 people there, so the pressure was on, but I think I did a great job. I blew it, blew it away. I knocked it out of the park. That, I think, was the best speech I've ever given. I had a nice background with, a, with planet Earth in the background with all the stars of the universe sparkling in the background. But anyway... Enough about that. Time to move on. Forget about it. Speaking of those stars, they're just about to come out here. The sun has gone down. I noticed that my radio show starts at 6 o'clock. There was a little bit of sun on the horizon, which means that it's getting lighter. Well, don't tell the powers that be that because it's still 
pretty cold. It's been getting cold here in South Texas over the last week, and we could probably expect at least a couple more weeks before the warmer weather starts to get here on a more regular basis, if you know what I mean. And the trees start to sprout their leaves. They sprout their leaves early here in South Texas. Don and Doug from BBS Radio can probably tell you that. When did they move here? I forget. It was uh, late last year, I think. Maybe August. But anyway, the trees shed their leaves, usually in December, and then grow them back um, like in about the end of February, beginning of March, which is pretty early, actually, compared to, say, Alexandria, Virginia, where I came from before moving here. They would have the... Cherry Blossoms Festival in March, usually, but most of the trees wouldn't sprout their leaves until, like, around the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, so here in Texas, you got to love it. But I remember last year, we had that really cold weather that came down, and we got a whole lot of snow. In fact, I heard it snowed up in Dallas today, just a little bit. But last year, we were blanketed in Lots of snow, maybe a foot at least. And one of our pipes on the side of the house burst and we had to get a plumb over here to fix it. And we were without water for a day. And if, if you ever had that happen to you, I hope it doesn't. Let me rephrase that. I hope it never has to, has to happen to anybody because you can't flush the toilets. You know what I mean? That's very inconvenient. Anyway, but this year it looks like we won't get that kind of cold weather. Although it may snow, I'm not sure. It's been in the 20s the last couple of nights, and I think it'll be that way for at least another week. Or another week. But anyway, if there are any ETs out there listening to my radio show, I was going to put this in my speech today, that there is a movie. If I said that now, they've got me kind of fearful. Like anything I say, they might say, well, you didn't cite the source. Remember the movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still? That's what would happen. I tell you, if a flying saucer or a UFO landed anywhere near the White House, they would send the military M1 tanks, armored personnel carriers, the police that have the machine guns out, just like in a movie. Haven't we learned anything? Oh, my God. That first came out back in the 50s. Very well done movie, and they did a remake of it with Keanu Reeves back around 2014, I think. So you see, if you were them, why would you want to make contact with a species that you know is probably going to start firing on you with their weaponry? Does that make sense? Is that logical? Do you know what I mean? Or how would you describe it? So anyway, it would be very advantageous for them to make contact with us because we would become members of the intergalactic community, my friends. Now, there are young souls out there, I realize, that they just want to continue on with their daily lives. 
and raise their children and make their money, and that's okay. I understand. And not give thought about developing themselves spiritually until maybe the day they're on their deathbed. As I've mentioned before in previous shows, you have a soul, and you're meant to increase the light of your soul. Your soul shines, and your spirit shines with the light. The object is to make it brighter than when it was when you you were first born in this world. Does that make sense? Don't you understand? And the way we increase our light is to develop ourselves spiritually to talk about these difficult subjects like God and the universe and extraterrestrials and life out there and near-death experiences and meeting God and Jesus and angels and heaven and the beauty of heaven and the, the roads that are paved in gold and the silver everywhere also and the precious stones that adorn all of the buildings in heaven and the pearly gates and floors that are made of marble with roses thrown inside the marble, embedded in the marble, mansions that are waiting for you when you get to heaven because you have people you've known in your past, relatives who are now deceased that have gone on ahead and prepared a home for you when you get there. And then you'll meet Jesus, too. Jesus who died on the cross. The Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, two different people. I've said this before in other shows, so if you're listening to my show for the first time, it's a long story, but if you want to read about it, check out the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet. There's a whole chapter, or Thayuba, the Golden Planet, People, they automatically disagree with things, but then don't want to read about it to try to validate what someone says because they don't want to be told what to do. They want to discover it for themselves. They don't want to be told things. They want to discover it for themselves, but they never might, but they might never discover it for themselves. The Jesus who was born in Bethlehem, check it out on the internet, wound up in Japan where he got married and raised children and died at an old age. It's in the internet. Honshu, in the Yagamura district of Japan, because when Jesus left Judea, that area there with his brother, Yuriki, at age 12 to 14, I'm not sure exactly how old he was, between 12 and 14, he went to China, Burma, India, and his brother, Yuriki, got killed. Jesus wound up in Japan, where, like I said, he got married and had children, and died at a ripe old age of 90-some years old. But the Jesus who died on the cross was the extraterrestrial who came from the planet Thio-Uba. Did you see the movie Avatar? How they put their bodies inside the blue bodies? The same principle is involved, my friends. Those extraterrestrials know how to make a human body. Are you tracking what I'm saying? Are you following? Have I lost you? If you've seen Avatar, if you haven't seen Avatar, you should see it. So they can make a human body, and it's a very complex matter, a very complex process, because inside the physical material body, you have to place the astral body, 
and the fluidic body and the physiological body, there's a few bodies that have to go in one to make up a human body. But the astral body of a soul that was there on Thiauba, living out his dream life there on that beautiful planet of the highest category of evolution, since they, the people on that planet, all the leaders, which are called the Thiori, are entrusted with the guardianship of planets of the lower evolutionary categories to ensure that we survive and we don't destroy ourselves. And that's a very touchy subject. And we've done very well, and I hope and I pray we'll continue to live together and find peace. But on our planet and other planets, they observe us over the years, probably for thousands of years. They have intervened in our past before. One good example is during Moses' time, which really did happen, my friends. The parting of the Red Sea was not some fantasy that you haven't given a lot of thought to in detail, some kind of magical power. No, it was their spaceship that did it. Unless you could think of a better explanation as to how it happened. I'm listening. Also on Mount Sinai, that's where they landed. It talks about the fire and thunder of their spaceships back then. And it's all in the book Chariots of the Gods by Eric von Daniken, if you're interested in learning more about it. But also with Jesus, they sent Jesus. This advanced soul was put into a human body, just like an avatar. Of course, he had to learn the language. He knew what would happen. The object was to get crucified and be brought back to life. Wouldn't that freak you out if somebody that we know here in this day and age died and came back to life? You'd be saying, oh my God, that's some kind of magic. That's God. That would freak out most people. Don't you agree? Well, the people back then, their level of technology and evolution was very, you know, I mean, the way of living back then mostly had to do with enslaving people because they, they, had, they didn't have any money, didn't have a lot of money. Their technology was just like they just invented the wheel, that kind of thing. Not, not really so with the Roman Empire. You know, they built beautiful buildings, and the Greeks did too. All kinds of wonderful architecture. So it had been a few thousand years since the invention of the wheel. But those civilizations, for their time, were advanced. You know, they had an empire, and they they dominated other people with their military might, you know, which was not a good way to live. You know, the people in Jerusalem back then and in Israel were enslaved by the Romans, so to speak. And that's been the history of the world, even with the black people. They were enslaved and have been really enslaved even since the 1960s when they had the civil rights riots. And even today, black people are discriminated against. I don't think anyone can 
argue that point, you know, the police that are killing these black people unjustly with no really good justification sometimes, that discrimination is at the core of some people's beings, for lack of a better way of putting it. I'm going to hold on just a minute. It's getting a little bit chilly out here. I just turned the light on, and I like being out in the patio, even though it's about 50 degrees. I like breathing in the fresh air, you know, rather than inside the house. Fresh air. One can think better when one gets your daily recommended amount of fresh air, my friends. How about you? Are you getting your daily recommended amount of fresh air and sunshine and drinking enough water? You have to ensure your longevity. I'd like to see you to live to be an old age, my friends, to be 100 years old. So anyway, the Jesus that was dropped off in Judea under the cover of night in a spaceship and then was sent on to meet John the Baptist and be baptized in the Jordan River, a lot of what the Bible says is true, although there's some distortions, some discrepancies, which I won't go into, but suffice it to say that he had the help of a spaceship up above with a lot of the miracles he was able to perform. And I mentioned this before, unless you have a better explanation in more detail as to the magical power, exactly how he did that, besides speaking the words, like when Jesus calmed the seas, peace be still. You think he could do that with his words? I could say, peace be still, but nothing happens. Or the next time a storm comes around, I'll say, peace be still. But then again, I would take away all the rain that would come down that the, the plant life would need to survive, you know? So that wouldn't be right in doing that. And some of the animals... They need to survive some of the wild animals out there. This rain that falls accumulates on the ground, and that's what gives them the water they need to survive, to drink and survive, you know? So I think it's more realistic to believe that Jesus was in constant communication. You have to realize just how advanced this race of extraterrestrials are. And... Just think of Star Trek or any such show, their ability to magnify, even from way up there, what's going on down here, as if it was right in their room. So they could see him just like he was in the room with them from their monitors. And he might have had some kind of electronic device where he could communicate with them and of course they can they pretty much were able to determine everything that would happen as a result of these miracles they could predict the future kind of more or less accurately and knew how to deal with it he knew they knew that some people would try to kill him before that and he was beamed up a few times, or beamed away to another location when they tried to stone him, right? Remember those times when he was in the temple one time? 
just watch the movie, The Gospel of John. It's the best Jesus movie I've ever seen. The Gospel of John, directed by Philip Seville. And so there were some occasions when the preaching that he was doing infuriated some people, especially when he bad-mouthed Abraham, you know, and they were Abraham's followers, and, and Moses and the scribes and Pharisees, and they were all about Moses' law. And so when Jesus tried to change their minds, of course they they rebelled, you know, they fought back. They didn't want Moses' law to be changed, you know, and Jesus brought the new law. He said, basically, you know, your law, Moses' law, is wrong. I'm telling you, this is what is real. This is what is true. And so they pushed back, and there was a lot of discontent over Jesus' teachings because of him disregarding the law of Moses. Anyway, so Jesus then for three years was able to survive, and then he told his disciples that I will be crucified. And I don't believe that Judas betrayed Jesus. And I'm entitled to my opinion, okay? My rationale is this. He knew that he had to be crucified and someone had to turn him in. So he asked Judas to do that for him. Because Jesus would have known in advance, being a smart, very intelligent, highly advanced soul that he was, that if someone was going to betray him, and he wouldn't have allowed that if it would have been against his mission, you know? You know what I mean? Some people just block their minds. They don't want to hear it, but they don't listen to the truth. What really matters is the truth. But, you know, hold on just a minute. I've got a dog here sitting at my feet, so I had to close the door. One of the dogs went out and came in. And so Jesus knew that he would die on the cross. That was the plan. And I'm sure it hurt. You know, he got beaten up. He had that thorn put on his head. He was bleeding. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know what they do. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Don't forget, I'm supposed to look after you because you're the sheep that Jesus said to look after. And you can think the same way I can, and I am too, because we're all co-creator gods in the making. If I am an advanced soul, which I don't have proof right now because I can't remember my past lives, there's a chance that you are also, you know. I don't know how many past lives you have out there listening. But it's all about developing yourself spiritually, advancing your soul. That's why we're here for, really. That's the only reason. But going back to Jesus, so he knew it, and he had to endure that on the cross. You know, death by crucifixion is a very painful death. You die by suffocation. And then they came and stabbed him in the side with a spear. They brought him down off the cross, and indeed, he was dead. It's hard to stop beating. 
they stopped breathing, and they put him in the tomb. But all of Star Trek, you know, they have that technology, my friends. You think that a civilization that's been in existence for millions of years more than us wouldn't have developed some kind of superior technology. Think about the technology that we've developed in the last 150 years only from the beginning of the Industrial Revolution to our cell phones now that can FaceTime somebody in, in another country on the other side of the world. And that's been only 150 years. You have to, I have to understand. I explained to you through logic, as I've done with other people on other shows in my speech today, if all this life on Earth happened by accident, logically it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe, plant life, animal life. Sentient life, though, the beings that pilot these UFOs, how can we prove they are for real? And as I was saying in my speech, and on the last two shows, I think I mentioned this, because they're seen by mass groups of people, mass sightings, they call them, 25,000 people saw the Hudson Valley UFO. 10,000 people, at least, saw the Phoenix Light UFO in 1997. Other groups of people throughout the centuries have seen these UFOs. The Belgium wave of UFOs, hundreds of people saw those UFOs. That is logic you can't deny. That is irrefutable logic when you get all these people coming out and saying, I saw the same object as you. It's not somebody trying to fool other people for money or fame. Usually they're ridiculed. So think on that. Why would someone want to be ridiculed by telling other people? Yes, there are some people, very, very few compared to the overall majority, a very small, small mining minority of people are the ones who pull the hoaxes and try to fool people, write books maybe. Not many, my friends, not many. So Jesus died. I'm going back and forth here. I love it. It's great. I hope you don't mind. Jesus was put in the, th in the tomb. Jesus was put in the tomb. And then they beamed his body out of there onto the spaceship, fixed his wounds, brought his body back to life. He put his astral body back in the human body of Jesus, just like an avatar. And they beamed him to wherever they did. So when he when um, Mary Magdalene saw him, that was the first encounter. And then he beamed into the room with the disciples. When the door was closed, I said, the door was closed, and, and Jesus appeared before the disciples. Well, hello. How else do you think that's going to happen other than being beamed in there? Do you have a logical explanation as to how we could do that? Some kind of magic that you don't know anything about with no details you can provide me? No, you see, you got to think outside the box. I'm telling you, it's the truth. 
the extraterrestrials were involved with a lot of what Jesus did. A lot of the miracles, the feeding of the 5,000 on the Sermon on the Mount. Hello? All that extra fish and bread came from up above. Beamed down. In the baskets, too. Hey! They beamed the baskets down. Come on, laugh, laugh. So, these... I think I've said enough about Jesus. <laughs> Going back to the extraterrestrials. They're out there. So the proof is they exist because the UFOs and flying saucers exist because they are real, because they've been seen by too many people. Irrefutable evidence. They're not going to land on your backyard, my friends. You're not going to go out and shake E.T.'s hand, Okay. You're not going to get that kind of evidence. You have to bridge the gap between belief and knowledge with logic. And like I said, the only reason we haven't made contact with them now is because the day the earth stood still scenario, you know what I mean? Would you, if you were, let's just say, you were, you, man or woman out there, a very advanced soul from another planet. You have to use your imagination here. I'm being kind of creative and making this up as I go along. Hold on. I'm going to drink some water. Let's say you wanted to go back in time to um, 2,000 years to around Jesus' time in the uh, Judea region. You had a spaceship that was capable of time travel. Well, maybe that's not such a good scenario. I guess the point is, when you show up there, how are they going to react to seeing you? And this has been the situation throughout the centuries here on Earth. UFOs, flying saucers have shown up to all these different civilizations in the past, but before, like in Egypt or the Incas or the Mayans or the people living on Easter Island, or the Aztecs, they didn't have a lot of advanced weaponry back then, bows and arrows and spears, rocks they were able to throw with flying shots, but that was it. They didn't have guns. So how could they harm the extraterrestrials? But nowadays, I mean, we have, we've even invented, we invented and are perfecting the laser beam, which apparently is being used by some black ops people in the government to shoot down these some extraterrestrial spacecraft in our atmosphere. Did you know that? You can read about it on the internet. And we're in a precarious situation, you know, because all I'm saying is let the truth ring out and the banners fly, you know. Let the truth set us free, please. All this covering up and stuff, you know. Indeed, we are in a land of confusion, but we have to do the right thing. We have to say the right thing. We have to love each other. We have to understand each other. We have to know each other. That's why these people that see the 25,000 that saw the UFO in the Hudson Valley, the 10,000 people that saw the one-mile-wide triangular-shaped spacecraft fly over the city of Phoenix in 1997. 
Trust them. Believe in them, what they say. Know that they're not trying to fool you. Love them. Read them like a book. Know when they're lying. Are you interested? Do you care that we do have some beings that are piloting these UFOs and spacecraft that are from other solar systems? Do you really care? And if you don't, then all I can say is that you should, because that's part of your spiritual development here on Earth, to recognize that we're not alone in the universe. I guarantee you, when you cross over to the other side on that one day, hopefully far into the future, if you haven't realized that, that we're not alone in the universe, and if you don't have any substantial knowledge about where you're going to in the spirit world about heaven. That beautiful, beautiful place with angels walking around everywhere. Your deceased relatives that you'll meet there. All these famous figures from the past, from all cultures throughout the centuries here on earth. The beautiful valleys and mountains and rivers and oceans there in heaven. Yes, it's true. The food you eat there, fruit from the trees of life, water that you can bathe in and drink from that's pure. The patriarchs of the Bible, the disciples, Jesus, mother and father God, they're all there. If you don't know that, you're going to regret it. When you pass over, you're going to say, I should have known. But my time is gone, my friends. Thank you for listening. I love you. And I'm looking after you. And I hope people are looking after me because I'm part of the sheep too, if you know what I mean. Take good care of yourselves. And here's a final prayer to the creator of the universe. Creator, please bless all of us, everybody. Goodbye. Talk to you next week.